0: It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast.
1: I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Welcome to Tangential Inspiration. Hello. I am going to chat about. There's a new Netflix. Well, it's not Netflix, but it's okay. new on Netflix right now. Oh, okay, the Diana Nyad story. Okay, I know nothing about her. So, like the name sounds familiar, but that's it. She, I, I didn't know anything about her until I read this book. Okay, because I think we're just a little weirdly, we're strangely too young to know too much about <laughs> it. But um, she's just before our time. Okay, but yeah, an amazing woman. So okay. excited to talk about her. Okay. I'm going to talk about how the Lego Foundation is
0: sending little Lego MRI scanners to hospitals.
1: Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's so
0: sweet. And then I'm also going to talk about an agency called Source America that helps disabled people find jobs. Oh, awesome. (laughs) So even though I just heard about this recently, the Lego Foundation actually announced this in February of 2022 that they were going to donate 600 little Lego MRI scanners. Oh, I just love that. So if if you Want to really see what it looks like? Please Google it. It's so cute. So it looks like a little MRI room. Uh-huh. And then it has the little room next to it where the person would sit with their little computer, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Behind the uh, The clinician. Yeah. yeah.
0: Or the radiographer would sit with, you know, on that, that the yeah, MRI. Yeah. Right, right. So. Um, it's just darling. So they're gonna donate six hundred, like I said, six hundred Lego MRI scanners to hospitals worldwide to help children cope with uncertainty to having an MRI or a magnetic resonance imaging scan. Mm-hmm. So as an adult that had an MRI in twenty twenty one, I was even nervous about having one, I have to say. And you've mm-hmm. had them before too. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous before you had your first one? No. No.
1: I think no. I've had so many tests okay. that it's just Are like- you claustrophobic? More so as I get older. <laughs> okay. I've had many CAT scans, you know, from 16 on. Okay. And those, you know, in that donut, not so bad. But CAT now, scan's not
0: bad at all. So but, I don't feel like compared yeah, to But a I think MRI.
1: they're both very similar as far mm-hmm. as you're you're in there, you got to. You can't Hold move still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I totally get the claustrophobic feeling.
0: And if you haven't had an MRI or seen one, these machines literally take up a whole room. Like probably in a normal person's house, they mm-hmm. would take up a whole Room, so Ulla Jensen from the Department of Radiology at Odense University Hospital in Denmark. Oh, I love! I yeah. can't <laughs> say these beautiful words right. And he does say MRI scanners are huge machines, and they also make a lot of noise, which yes. I really hadn't thought about. Uh, yeah. Which can uh, be cl- 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 very yeah. daunting yeah. for children. And our team have found that the use of models, such as the Lego model, have led to more positive, calm experiences for many children. This benefits the child, their family. And I can understand that too. If your child is upset oh and gosh. scared yeah. as a mom, you're upset yeah. and scared, even though you know they're going to be
1: fine. Yeah. See, she's already making me fear. <laughs> and also
0: Absolutely. the quality of the MRI scan, because, yeah. like Teresa said, you have to be still.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was so funny because when I got mine, they said, "I said I think I'm gonna fall asleep," and they said, "We actually don't want you to fall asleep because people kind of move and jerk, oh, yeah, when they're asleep." Oh, I did okay. fall asleep
1: by the way. <laughs> I did oh, my fall gosh. asleep. You I must know. have been
0: tired. I don't know. <laughs> well, I can tell. You. I had a little bit of something something before I got oh. in the MRI. <laughs> okay. It was. It, I promise okay. you, it was prescribed yes. by my doctor. <laughs> And so, honestly, like I said, it relies on the person being still for up to an hour for it to work. So, for a little kid, being still in general is hard, and then you're laying down in this big machine, you might be scared. So, this started as a passion project in 2015. Lego employee Eric Starr, and like I said, Odense University in Denmark, and it's now being scaled and piloted with um, new training material for hospital staff. So, And I'll get to the end and talk about that a little bit more about this training material. But like I said, Dr. Starr, a chemical technician at the Lego group, said, I'm extremely proud of this project and the positive impact it's already had. I've seen firsthand how children have responded to these models, making them feel more relaxed and turning an often highly stressful experience into a positive, playful one. From making a few Lego MRI models with other Lego employees in our free time, it's amazing to see the project now being rolled out more broadly. I thought that was so cute.
1: Well, and just a good way to distract. Yes. I mean, those things take a long time yeah. to put
0: together. And I think also just everybody knows what Legos yeah. are. Yeah. So yeah. if you were like,
1: come in here look yeah. at this Lego, yeah.
0: every kid's going to be like, okay.
1: Yeah. Right? Yep. Takes their mind off of yep. it for sure.
0: The Lego MRI scanner is developed with a child-centered focus and learning through play approach, which strengthens children's skill development. The model is designed around the child's MRI treatment and is a means for clinicians to facilitate both role play and dialogue so that the child feels safe and can build confidence and resilience before the actual journey, in turn reducing stress and anxiety. Play motivates the child's natural curiosity and openness to try new, sometimes difficult, experiences. So I think more just like, we're going to, you know, kind of make it a school, I guess. (laughs) Making a game. Because play facilitates a safe and comfortable training space for real-life events and consequences, it is a powerful way for children to develop their social and emotional skills. It can also be a part of a range of playful experiences that contribute to clinicians' ambition of reducing the use of anesthesia. Mm. So I was thinking of the, I hadn't even thought of that because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, if a child comes in upset, yeah. refuses to get in, they might have to use yeah. anesthetic. And then that's a scary thing as a parent, too. Now, yeah. To see your to child ring, put out. Yeah.
1: Especially when they're really young you don't know if they're going to have a reaction. Right.
0: Or, yeah. Right. I didn't even think about that before I saw this. And
1: and I thought that was just great. I mean, even so, when, like, Spencer had ear tubes put in. Sure. Very common surgery. Totally. But you just don't, you know, run right. a risk still with going under. Right. So you just never know. Right. So I totally, yep, totally.
0: I hadn't that. even thought about that in advance until I read this. So, close to 100 hospitals across the world have benefited from the use of the Lego MRI scanner. The project has been so well received that Lego Foundation is now scaling the project and encouraging hospitals from all over the world to apply for one of 600 models available, and they are shipped free to the hospitals. Lego Foundation has developed four training videos to accompany the model. Those are free, too, and they are designed to help medical staff guide children through the process of an MRI scan. Facilitate social and emotional learning through play. These videos are also free at no charge to the hospital. And I thought, I mean, yeah, those clinicians come in, they do an MRI, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's hard to remember how to break things down for For children.
1: And and not all the time are people even capable of doing that. Right. You know.
0: Right. My friend and I were talking the other day about how we taught our kids to drive, Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was
1: thinking about how to teach my kids
0: to drive and I was thinking, I don't really even know how to describe the little things that I do while I'm driving. And I can think of somebody else who maybe has been doing MRIs for thirty years. How do I even break it down? Well, and some of them just
1: don't relate to kids in general, True, true. So yeah, and some things for us are just so second nature because That's what we don't want I mean. to do it. So, right. yeah, you're right. absolutely right.
0: So, applicants must be based in the radiology departments in the hospital for use with childs and adolescents. And they can apply to get this cute little Lego MRI scanner. I kind of just want one. It's <laughs> <laughs> so cute.
1: We need to apply for OHST for like
0: we do not not work in the radiology department, (laughs) but um, they can go to www.learningthroughplay.com backslash Lego MRI scanner models. That is so awesome. I love it.
1: I tease in classes about getting my celebrity news (laughs) from them. I I love it. Well, and I totally do, but it means. Yeah, it's kind I of it makes the
0: time go by faster too. Like fill me in.
1: Well, no, I'm saying I want them to tell me. That's what I mean. It's okay. But, yeah. But not all of you know, a lot of them are at the gym, so they're not watching TV. So <laughs> no, but or, like, hey, did you watch Good Morning America? Yeah. Yeah, fill me in. Well, I uh, I do uh, try uh, to do that. And sometimes I get lucky, but you know, I have a subscription to People Magazine <laughs> you but <do>. it usually <laughs> takes true. me a couple of months to catch up, which is really sad. One of the <laughs> worst. The only people who knew the name Diana Nyad when I was discussing this in class okay. were a couple of middle-aged swimmers who come to my class.
0: Okay, so when we're talking middle-aged, is that older than us? Yes. Okay. Because
1: I do <laughs> yes. consider myself are, middle-aged. I know, dang it, we are, but okay. um, they're, they're slightly older than slightly middle-aged, older. I guess. Okay, good to um, know. So I get it. Okay. I don't know a lot about sports figures in general. Me neither. Unless it's a discipline I'm really into, or better yet, an athlete that... I'm, I admire for their, you know, how they're trying to change the world or how Kindness. they're trying to influence, yes, influence mm-hmm. um, young people. Mm-hmm. But Diana Nyad has this mantra, find a way, which happens to be the same title as her book. Okay. And I have to say, this woman is the definition of grit. She tried five times to swim from Cuba to Florida. Oh my. And I don't think marathon swimming is a good description, since a marathon's you know twenty six point two miles. Okay, and Cuba to the Florida Keys is hundred and ten miles and some change. So and you so five to, marathons. You have to <laughs> four and a half. <laughs> the thing is, is that you know you they aren't just swimming a straight shot because they have the currents and the winds. Oh yeah, and all of that weighing into it. So it's just a lot of math, a lot of math. Yeah. So already I'm out. But then add sharks jellyfish getting cold out there i was just gonna say i think your
0: number i think you should put cold <laughs> yes. back to number one <laughs> for over probably. the sharks and jellyfish yes. for you. nick was
1: saying he's like you just look like an ice cube i came home with my jacket <laughs> on the other night he's like I just feel like anytime i touch you you're an ice cube <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's just not uh, this does not appeal to me in any way shape or form but still this woman is amazing she's an amazing athlete and i'll get to more on that later but that's not the only thing about diana and Iad that inspires me i think she's a genuinely thoughtful human being at the same time like i told you before we started taping mm-hmm. i think she's pretty dang selfish her obsession with the cuba swim definitely seemed i think unhealthy at times i mean even in her book okay. it just it was it consumed her Everything was related to that swim. She, like, for, like, yeah. Is there a reason why she was so obsessed? I think she just, she knew she could do it, and it got down to everybody saying it couldn't be done. And so I okay. think she wanted to prove that it could be done. Gotcha. But they needed everything, you know, they needed all of everything to just work okay. perfectly Okay, at the right time. So her first two attempts had um, the news crews were there, Fans galore wow. lining up on the shoreline to watch her jump in, but by her fifth attempt, it was just her and her team. That's a lot so, of pressure, yeah, yeah. The first time, the first couple times, she was excited though. She really okay. is one that. Um, well, she feeds into, off of yeah, that. She went okay. into sports broadcasting, and so she is really. You know, she definitely feeds off of okay. it. Okay, but even with that, with her team and her friends being there at the end, they were over it. <laughs> that fit the tent. They were like, yeah, just okay. doing it for her. Okay. So it took some serious coaxing for a lot of the team, especially her best friend, Bonnie. So many had determined, like I said, that it was simply an impossible feat. They had decided it couldn't be done. And I think they were getting very concerned that Diana might even die. Oh, that's a scary and thought. And seriously, that fear wasn't that far-fetched. Right. Even Immigrants...
0: Or people oh, I people trying to yeah. come from Cuba to Florida. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. many times do we hear about these Drowning boatfuls and, of people yeah. that do They're, not make it?
1: Yeah. And so for a number of reasons. Right. Even if others had given up, Diana never did. Her team, I think, they really thought it just couldn't be done. But they were going to continue to support her because she well, believed in herself. It wasn't right. that she wasn't a strong enough swimmer to do it. right? But like I said, there were so many factors in it that right. everything had to just work out. Wow. She just kept training harder smarter, okay. and just doing what she could to find a way to make that dream a reality. The dream actually started when she was five. Not the endurance swim part, but okay. her father, well, he wasn't actually her father, but the father she grew up with, said that her name was Naiad, and it was Greek for water nymph. Oh, okay. So he told her that she was destined to be a great swimmer, and she took that to heart for sure. From a very young age, she was hitting the pool. By high school, there were days she would spend six hours in the pool. Oh, my goodness. She just, I mean, very driven woman mm-hmm. with whatever she puts her mind to. When she's swimming, she, like, has a playlist that she sings in her head, and she has the beat. So, she knows once she gets through those 85 songs, she's however many hours into her swimming. 85. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a couple different languages. She, you know, she's, this is, wow. yeah, this, like I said, this woman... Obsessed with this. Right. By high school, it had paid off. She was definitely a successful swimmer, which was both a gift and a curse. I think, in ways, it was her way to escape her sad home life. Mm. Her stepfather was a con man and just a horrible human being. And she might have been escaping part of that. But the swimming wasn't an exactly idyllic situation either because her swim coach began criminal behavior. Mm. when she was 14, okay, he would say that she couldn't tell anyone because then he wouldn't be able to be her coach and she wouldn't be able to be an Olympic swimmer. So she kept, you know, the secret. Mm -hmm. For years, she'd blame herself for his behavior. And I don't think that's uncommon. No, it's not. It's not. Her swimming dreams were so deep that she kept quiet so she could pursue swimming, even though... Yeah. Right. And come to find out she wasn't the only one, sadly. Which is... Also. Yep. Very normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She won three 100-yard backstroke championships in high school and was hoping to make the 1968 Olympics, but she ended up in bed for three months with an infection of her heart. Oh, my God. That was in 1966. So when she recovered from the endocarditis, her speed had suffered. She had slowed down. She... She went That's to, so frustrating. I know. You feel sorry for her. She went on to college, but she was expelled early on from Emory University for, you'll never guess, jumping out of a fourth-story dormitory with a parachute. I think the school said that she needed, you know, psychological help, that she needed attention wow. or something, but she was just like, I can do this, and... So she was expelled. She ended up enrolling at the Lake Forest College in Illinois, and that's where she discovered marathon swimming. At her first race, she set a women's course record with her 10-mile swim in Lake Ontario. This was July of, 1970, July of 1970, and she finished 10th overall, men and women, okay. in four hours and 22 minutes. That was her first race there. And how many miles was that? 10 miles. 10 miles. Wow. She became nationally known after she swam around Manhattan Island 28 miles. She swam that in seven hours and 57 minutes. There was a guy there that, you know came across them and commented that he saw another crazy lady swimming in the water, <laughs> because this is water that most people avoid making any type of contact. Okay, with, contact with because it's dirty. Okay. He had no idea that it was Diana still swimming. It was that same woman, hours later, still swimming. This was when she was training for it. Her first attempt to swim from Cuba to Florida was 1978. She was physically prepared. Swimming is a lonely sport, mm-hmm. but for her marathon swims, they were only possible with her team because you need people. Yeah, you know, so many people that weigh into it.
0: And I think when I've seen swimmers, a lot of times they even have a boat next to oh, them. Oh yeah, she had a couple
1: kayaks. Right. right? Voyager was their main boat. They have, like, guys looking for sharks on the top. I mean, it's, I want to say there were, like, 30 people with their final one. There oh, are wow. a lot of people. They it's have quite a, a navigator. Team. They have somebody driving the boat. Yeah. Okay. And then she has her coach on there. So, yeah, it there's, there are a lot of people. That is truly a team. Her. I mean, it, really. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Her first attempt, like I said, in 1978, she was only 28 years old. So it was one year after the Kennedy era travel restrictions were lifted, mm. and she even received a good luck letter from Fidel Castro. Huh? She had no. I <laughs> know. Huh? <laughs> right. She got some sort of oh, some sort of honor from Cuba. I can't remember what it was, but um, come visit. something? <laughs> yeah. With, with, just you know, trying to make the relations between the countries right better, I guess. But. Right. Um, she had no problem with funding at that first one because <laughs> the guy who started Benihanas loved all things water. He called her up. He wrote her a check for the three hundred thousand dollar tap. Done. Wow. I guess you do have to pay. Oh my gosh. That yeah. team and I just I was just thinking about the gas. Yeah. Well, and... the people are doing it like they weren't getting paid. Okay. Necessarily for you know I don't know about the shark guys, but like the, the navigator, he was doing it just because he believed in the cause. Right. But um and then Bonnie, her, her coach, she was just doing it because they're best friends. Right. So a lot of this was pro bono. They were doing it because they really wanted to help her. But yeah, very expensive still. I mean you still have to feed those people. Yeah. You and still this have to is eight. Yeah. For I'm sure there's more I'm not even thinking of yeah. that they had to pay for, yeah. but. Well, in that first one, she had a shark cage. I'll kind of talk about that. Wow. She um, had covered 76 miles when they pulled her out of the water on her first oh, attempt. Oh, gosh. She was only
0: 30 miles out. I mean, Well, only, no, no. But, she was oh.
1: still a little bit further than that because okay. she had, you know, she oh, hadn't swam in a straight line. Even though she had swam that far. Right. Um, she still was quite a ways away. Okay. Okay. During that swim, she was inside a 20 by 40 foot steel shark cage for nearly 42 hours before the doctors, you know, our team pulled her out. And if you see videos of her, I mean, she's just getting, um, knocked around in that cage. They had strong winds. They said there were eight foot swells. In the water. So, is She
0: in this cage to protect her yeah. from sharks and swimming in it. So it's moving. It's huge.
1: Yeah. So it's moving along. It's like a big wow. boat, but you know, there's water inside it. And it's right. it's um like mesh, but um metal mesh and just gotcha. a huge contraption. I didn't even know that really existed. I, I didn't either until I went back and looked at the videos. Interesting. So she had swerved so far off course that they, you know, they were headed more towards Texas. So Oh, wow. And they pulled her out. In 1979, she swam from the Bahamas to Florida and still is the only woman to successfully cross that section. It took her 27 hours and 38 minutes, and she set a world record for both men and women with that 102-mile swim. At 30, it would end up being her last competitive event, though she later commented that the Bahamas swim would end up, you know, she saw that as her appetizer. (laughs) <laughs> she wanted Cuba to be the main course and then retirement would be the dessert. Okay. So yeah, I think
0: she deserves like
1: that. <laughs> so after that swim to from the Bahamas to Florida, she'd go on to work in sports journalism, like I said. She was traveling the world covering events. Remember the wild wide world of sports? Yes. And um the thrill of victory. The agony of defeat. <laughs> yes. She was one of those those. Broadcast journalist. Okay.
0: I think that must be where her name sounds familiar to me.
1: Right. Her mother died in 2007. She was 82. And then she started thinking, you know, she was doing the math and wondering how much time she had left. She asked herself who she wanted to be. And am I living the life I admire? Leaving my values and living with grit and will? Obviously, the answer... Was no. And by 2010, she got back in the water. Now, mind you, she had not been in the pool. She hadn't swam a single lap in 30 years. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. And how old was she then? Um, so she's By the time she started training for this one, she was 60.
0: Okay. And really hadn't been training since... No. Over- I mean she's been exercising. Sure. Yeah, but I mean swimming she, is a whole yeah. different game, oh, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, Every discipline
1: is different. Right. Yeah. So she probably hadn't been doing that since her thirties, let's say. Yes. Okay. So she had that race at um twenty eight. Uh so I think it was thirty when she swam sure. the thirty was her last yeah. Right. Last one. So wow. okay. So yeah, sixty, she gets in the pool, starts swimming again. She had done public speaking and at one point met a woman. With a number tattooed on her arm. This was at a convention. And she learned that the woman was a survivor of the Holocaust. I was just going to say, that's Um, probably a Holocaust survivor. Right. She had been talking. So Diana and I had been talking about, you know, the situation with her swim coach. And then this Mm -hmm. woman, Mm -hmm. she found out that her father refused to be taken when the Nazis came for him. So in front of this woman, they shot him. Wow. In front of his wife and their two children. So, the Nazis took this, the two children and the mom away mm-hmm. to a camp, to different camps, and that was the last time this woman saw her six-year-old sister or her mother. So, even worse. Right. You wouldn't think it could get worse, but for two and a half years, that poor, innocent three-year-old child was a Nazi concubine. It's a baby. Yeah. The things they made her do just, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. I... Don't even wa- almost want to think no, about it. I, I, because I, I, to me, that's still almost a little baby. It is. In my well, mind. certainly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So after the war, this woman was adopted by her aunt. But still, obviously, the horrors Traumatized. of everything she experienced mm-hmm. constantly haunted her. She felt guilty, kind of like I said, with Diana. Right. And one day she was out in the garden with her aunt and, and finally just broke down and told her everything that sure. she had done and that had happened and... She was ashamed of the things she had been forced to do. She felt guilty. Even though she, you know, it was her life. Well, she, and this
0: is this is how I feel. Children cannot consent.
1: No. Period. No. <laughs>
0: just but it just yeah, that's awful.
1: Fortunately her aunt was wise beyond her years. She said that horrific time in her life might be part of her soul. You know, she couldn't get rid of that. Sure. But she shouldn't wear it on her skin. So oh, she didn't want her carrying it around with her, you know, out in the open for, you know, Right, it's going to be part of her, sure. grow from it and, and use it for sure. But stop feeling guilty. Right. With that, she said it was up to her to find a way to a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. And that experience and lesson stuck with Diana, her mantra would eventually be find a way, which she did find mm-hmm. a way. She asked her friend Bonnie Stoll to coach her, and Bonnie wasn't a swimmer, but she had been an amazing athlete herself in the day, like this touring racquetball champion. She signed on, and I really don't think Diana would have accomplished her dream without Bonnie, or John Bartlett, the navigator, or okay. you know a bunch of the doctors. Like all, like I said, it took all of them, right. all of them, especially at that age. I hate to say yes, that, but, I but yeah. Um, But I saw um, several things and one of the TED Talks. She was saying that um, this was when she was 64, because now she'd be 74. But this was um, right after she had done, finished. And she said she felt stronger now. She was in a better place now than she had been back in her first attempt. Wow. So aging isn't always a bad thing. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, with boxed jellyfish you can't become resistant to their venom. Okay. Like, if you get stung, it actually, the more venom is worse for you. I mean, if you survive in the first place. Okay. So, she could not get stung again, is basically what I'm saying, because she'd been stung a couple times. Sure, sure. Yeah, so that had halted a a couple of the trips. So, for good reason, Diana was most concerned with the box jellyfish after she had been stung. They had been her biggest adversary. Interesting. Dr. Angel Gangaharsit, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing your Ooh, name. That's a hard I apologize. One. Created a sting no more jelly. That's really what it was called. Okay. And you to put that on your skin? skin. Yes. And so basically, what's amazing is that in, in one of these videos I watched, the um, Dr. Angel went back and she said Diana was so just set on doing this swim. Okay. That it sent Dr. Angel back to the lab. To figure out a way for her to be in the water with these life-threatening jellyfish. Yeah, because it would have to be water. Yeah. And a
0: it, barrier between yeah. with water, it
1: would have to stay on. Yeah.
0: Plus, well, and it, and it, it
1: doesn't mm-hmm. jellyfish. So um she in and I, I do have a video to suggest for people to watch, but Dr. Angel has her skin. Now, how she does this and survives, I don't know, but she puts the jellyfish on her skin one you know untreated side right and you see the skin just swell and it's awful it looks very <gasps> painful and then the other side the jellyfish is sitting on there and the skin is not reacting at all so clearly the sting no more which i think is kind of a humorous <laughs> name but um apparently it
0: works sometimes basics name is yes, the yes. easy name And then people know what it is
1: <laughs> also she like Doctor Angel is very picky about her wearing this mask. Okay. Someone in in between one of their swims had actually swallowed a box jellyfish and like no, and didn't make it. Their sting, yeah. their oh, yeah. venom, or yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Um, wow. It was just in floating in the water or something oh, yeah. like that. They're like she said, Diana explained to them, described them as like little sugar cubes, but they're blue. And then they have these long tentacles. And they, she had on, like, I want to say a ski mask, but it was, sure. you know, a little bit longer. And she still she felt like a piece of hair, you know, because they're, they're little tentacles. I mean, just, stuff is yeah, floating yeah. in
0: there and you're just moving along. And they and-
1: yeah. Wow. So, and it was at night that these things would sure. come out. I also think that with, you know, climate change and whatnot, they have moved further she was talking about them getting closer to florida okay. so there used to be a bigger fear of sharks and okay. now box jellyfish are up there with gotta be careful wow so marathon swimmers aren't allowed to wear neoprene wetsuits because okay. it, it creates buoyancy so she didn't have that to protect her oh, they created okay. this face mask that looks like something from a horror film i had to bring a picture just to show um colleen because no one can understand yes, unless it really you see does. Yes, even worse. She's wearing this in the dark because that's when the jellyfish are coming out. Okay. So um, they couldn't he—they couldn't see her. They could only hear her slapping the water Jeez. as she swam. It was that dark out there. She right. said it's just—you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Um, light would attract jellies. Light would attract you know little fish. Sure. And where there are little fish, sharks would be attracted. So they wouldn't allow lights with a good reason. Okay. After her experience in 1978, she knew she wanted to swim sans a shark cage. So she had shark divers along for their help, some to spot the sharks. Okay. They had these guys paddling on kayaks, like we said, and okay. then divers were ready to protect her from any incoming sharks. Now, the Naiad movie that's on Netflix, that is the one thing that I did not like about the movie. Okay. Spoiler alert. But- <laughs> Because they did, um, they have these electrical shield signal things that Mm -hmm. they used. Oh. The sharks didn't like. So they wouldn't get too close. Okay. But in the movie, they did kind of demonstrate it, but it it was more like, it reminded me of maybe like Sharknado or something where it just was a little bit too far-fetched, I thought.
0: So it's not a documentary?
1: No. Okay. No. Oh, okay. It was a documentary that her nephew did. It's not streaming anywhere right now, and I think that's because the movie's out. Okay. So, the documentary is The Other Shore. Okay. So, I'm sure that'll be out someday again, but what I loved is that these guys refused to use anything other than poles with a tennis ball at the end to poke the snout. They were like, because Bonnie was asking, "You know, are you going to you know, what are you going to do? The yeah, some or sort of something to electrical that shock. Or, <laughs> right. And the team just reminded them we're passing through their waters. It's this so is their. true. Yeah. So this I, this is their home. Yeah. That's how it should be. Mm. She felt pretty safe actually with the sharks. It was the box jellyfish that might prevent her dream. The box jellyfish have been responsible, according to the experts for more deaths in the last 40 years than sharks or any type of Marine life. Which is amazing. Wow. So the box jellyfish have been responsible, according to Dr. Angel, um, for more deaths in the last 40 years than sharks or any other type of marine life. Like I said, um, there's this great YouTube video oh. called The Science of Diana Nyad's Swim from Cuba to Florida. And it's okay. so amazing. It talks about, you know, the shark, the shark repellent stuff with the electrical things okay it shows dr angel with the stuff with the um jellyfish jellyfish. i'm kind of interested to see that and then it also talks about you know because you also have to take into account the winds and the currents and just a lot of science went into
0: this trip i think even way more than i can comprehend yeah
1: i had no idea no no i also love that it was because of diana's insistence that dr angel went back to the lab to you know, improve things for people. No more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we know that she finally made it at sixty four. Made it from Cuba to the Florida Keys. And when she made it to the shore, Bonnie was worried she wouldn't be able to talk. That's because so, the salt water um oh. was making her throat like um swell up. Oh sure. And she like the doctors are worried that she won't be able to breathe, and Bonnie's like, I'm more nervous that she won't be able to talk, because if she finally makes it to the shore, and when she does, yeah. and she's going to want to talk to these people. And she was right. worried that, and Diana, if you watch anything with her, she is, she is. Oh, she's very, a talker? She's a talker. She's well, a talker. Well, that makes
0: sense, too, being a sports broadcaster, too. Yes. That's. that's yes. yes.
1: also. I can't imagine that you're not dehydrated when oh you're done. Oh my gosh! Well, so every ninety minutes, I kind of go over this in a sec. Um, okay, she can't touch the boat. She can't. So when she's putting on that hideous mask, or when the monster you know, mask, yeah, <laughs> she has to do that herself. They can't touch her. If anybody touches her, she's disqualified. If she hangs onto the boat, she's disqualified. So they can't touch her. No, she can't really touch them. No. no. And so, how does she even eat? So Bonnie would lean over. It's like a baby bird. She just opens up her mouth, and I think she ended up the best thing. It started out with, like, peanut butter in the early years. Protein. And then stuff that marathon runners (laughs) would, yeah, before even then, though. (laughs) Right. Right. And so she ended up discovering that I think it was, like, noodles and butter. And pasta and butter would be the best thing for her. Because she expends a ton of calories. That's what I was saying. Like how do you So every ninety minutes they have to stop? She has to tread water. And some of the scenes you'll see, like the waves are going over her. She's just treading water, trying to and the Water's probably going over her head and and, and, Yeah. Tons of vomiting because you get salt water and yeah. So that causes dehydration too. So Colleen is ready to sign up. <laughs> she wants to be Not the second woman across. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with like my mouth open. Um, but when she made it to the shore, and Bonnie's like having to push everybody away because they're all excited. But if she is touched by a fan before her ankles get out of the water, she's disqualified. I mean, they're so so very strict about this. So once she got to the, you know, gets outside of the water, she said, I have three messages. One is we should never, ever give up. Two is you're never too old to chase your dreams. Three is it looks like a solitary sport, but it takes a team. Yes. And I mean, she had so many hours to to come up with that. (laughs) It was Diana who had to endure the brutal training schedule. Mm -hmm. Like, she had her training schedule. It has said in the back of this book. Okay. 16, 18, 20-hour training sessions. Those are the training sessions. I mean, this woman is obsessive when she has all of her, like, 2009 to 2013, her training logs. She had to face jellyfish, the cold. Mm. She would hallucinate. She thought she saw the Taj Mahal. I
0: think also that's a saltwater thing too. From yeah. you know, those, you see those people on shows that when they the, get yeah, on the raft, yeah,
1: and, and they, they drink, drink the salt water. Yeah. I yeah.
0: mean, that yeah. is kind of yeah. a side effect yeah. of it's salt, salt water. Yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to drink <laughs> <Yeah>. salt water. <laughs> yeah. but
1: I bet that's impossible yeah. to not get in yeah. your nose and mouth. Yeah, and I I showed Colleen the picture of when <laughs> she's done. I mean, her lips look like injections they're gone so wrong foamy too yeah. they're very yeah. Yeah. yeah she's just it's salt it's all yes. salt yes but it was her team you know they got her through the seasickness um helped her navigate helped her stay the course they stayed abreast of incoming weather mm-hmm. there was one time where the um navigator, yeah,
0: that's like hurricane alley <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes well and he <laughs> said no this is not this is not your year because this we don't have a window to go right. and she's like we're going and she ended up getting pulled up because he was right and right. she was wrong. You do need to count on the professionals yes. around you. Yes. You exactly. really do. Yeah. Count on those way. people that are smart at what they do. Yes. That's why you have them there. Yes. I think she learned that the hard way. And she mm-hmm. didn't have to apologize big time mm-hmm. for him to even consider coming back. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they had to feed and hydrate her every 90 minutes. After a marathon swim, it's not unlikely to lose 30 pounds. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm not crazy? Okay, maybe I will do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just no. kidding. Her team protected her so she could accomplish her, her dream. She pushed and pushed and pushed, <laughs> believe me, until she found a way. I'm super inspired with her drive, but I'm more inspired by the people who accompanied her on that journey. Mm-hmm. Talk about devotion. There's nothing like the power of the human will when you put your mind to something. And I love that Diana proved that and even reminded us that she was better prepared for that insane swim at 64 Mm. than she was at 28. She said she had the power of her mind in her sixties versus relying, you know, on just brute strength and physical youth. Yes, exactly. (laughs) She also shared two stories that really stuck with me besides the Holocaust survivor. Mm -hmm. One was the story of Grace Kelly's father jack oh, yes okay. who i had no idea he was a defiant bricklayer in philadelphia he was the greatest rower in the world in the 20s but he was denied entry into the diamond skulls at the henley royal regatta in england because the scholars who were participating in this event didn't think it was fair i'm assuming that's what it was that they'd have to compete with someone who they had this rule that you couldn't be a laborer or a mechanic Yeah. Okay. Colleen's rolling her eyes. (laughs) So the city of brotherly love enjoyed seeing Kelly on the river with his Kelly Green ski cap. He wore that with, you know, to all of his trainings. Picture all of the sweat that thing had. Right. He won the Olympic gold in 1920 at the Antwerp Games. And he even beat the British champion, of that Emily skulls regatta yeah he did yeah <laughs> so he later this was my favorite part because uh, yeah I don't know why but he later mailed that kelly green cap to the oh. king george the fifth and said greetings from a bricklayer
0: oh <laughs> that
1: is fantastic so I just love that it was a reminder don't ever let others choose your destiny right Right. The other story that she shared was with Christopher Reeve during a brief exchange they had. Right. When she came back to high school swimming after her heart ailment, like I said, she wasn't as fast as she was before, and a teammate gave her a pep talk trying to get her fired up. Right. She told her to swim as hard as she could since it was her last race of her high school career. She told Diana to give it everything she had and not even hold back, you know, by a fingernail. Right. So she was explaining, so Chris, that's the way I swam that race, the last race of my youth. And you know what? I didn't make it. But I walked off the pool deck that night with a philosophy for life. I literally stopped, looked up to the night sky, and said to myself, every day of your life, no matter what you do, do it so you can't do it a fingernail better. No regrets. I love that philosophy. Right. So he asked her if she had kept that promise. And she didn't even have to think about it. She was like, hardly. <laughs> so, oh. um, I think she would say that's no longer the case, though. Right. I love that she encourages us all to live with that drive, that passion. I also love that their passion carries on. She, you know, retired from swimming in the competitive form, but she did like a 48-hour charity swim for Hurricane Sandy survivors. Oh, wow. 48 hours. Yeah. Her and Bonnie are co-founders of this walking initiative called Everwalk. Oh. E-V-E-R-W-A-L-K. Okay. Seriously, you got to get on the their website because it has different videos of them, like, just showing different things with, you know, maybe a stretch or just different um, in- encouragement with getting out and moving. Right. I love that they just recently celebrated their 10-year anniversary of the Epic Achievement She's 74 then. Yes. That would have been, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was 2013 okay. that she made it across. They returned to the beach where she completed her swim. Cute. And Rocky tagged along to join the festivities to be released into the ocean. Rocky is a 120-pound green sea turtle who was rescued in January by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission officer by them okay officers rocky was rescued in january by the florida fish and wildlife conservation commission rocky required an eight hour intestinal surgery breathing treatments a blood transfusion Holy and smokes. months of medica- medications to survive Naiad teased that she needed rocky to swim by her you know when they had been doing the swim because they eat jellyfish Oh, wow.
0: So how perfect. That is awesome.
1: Can't think of a better way for her to celebrate. So she really, you know, they, they her and Bonnie released this um, turtle out into the wild. And I just Cute. think it was a great way to celebrate. Yeah. Gotta go watch her TED Talk on the power of the mind and that YouTube about the science behind the historic swim. Jeez. Her book, Find a Way, or if you want, just watch the Annette Benning and Jodie Foster. Oh, it's both. Annette Benning
0: and Jodie yes. Foster. Oh Oh, my gosh, they
1: both were amazing in the new movie, Niad. Like I said, it's on Netflix now. Sometimes it takes a little bit of crazy to accomplish extraordinary things. And Mm -hmm. seriously, you will see that Diana is proof of that. Yes. So I follow
0: this really cute couple on social media. um, And they're Shane and Hannah Burkaw. And they call themselves an interabled couple Mm. because Shane was born with a condition called spinal muscular atrophy. And he says, and a wicked sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Super cute. He's in a wheelchair. Um, He's wheelchair bound. His wife, Hannah, is not disabled at all. Mm -hmm. And I just love their podcast and their Instagram posts. And it's really helped me understand the life of an interabled couple. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I have to admit that when I first started looking at their posts and everything, I thought, man, that's just a lot of work for her Mm -hmm. to have a husband like that. Right. Right. You know, I just wondered more about her being a caregiver versus yeah, a wife. Right. And I've just loved watching Hannah and just the way she treats Shane, not at all like a caregiver, mm. um, but a wife. Mm-hmm. And I just love their posts, and I love their sense of humor and their real-life experience mm-hmm. in the world. But Shane notes that his first real job was at a local newspaper writing a monthly column, and it just really gave made him feel valued, mm-hmm. and it gave a new perspective to people about about him. So really um he can type and everything. It's more of his legs that don't work. Mm-hmm. And he also felt like that a lot of hiring managers instantly devalued him because of his disabilities. Mm-hmm. And this is very common. Fifty eight percent of Americans with disabilities have experienced discrimination during a job interview.
1: I that doesn't surprise me.
0: I know. And it just is really upsetting to yeah. me. Um, So there is an agency called Source America. So that is Shane and Hannah. I actually found out about Source America through Shane and Hannah's post about Mm -hmm. them. And Source America tries to educate employers about the benefits of hiring Mm -hmm. people with Mm -hmm. disabilities and just help place people with disabilities. They have 60,000 people with disabilities employed through their network. Oh, that's amazing. And they work with 575 nonprofit agencies wow. also in their network. Oh. So, their mission is to increase the employment of people with disabilities by building strong partnerships with the federal government and engaging a national network of nonprofit agencies and experts. And their vision is they want every American with a disability to have a career path mm-hmm. and employment choices.
1: Well, on what great. So employees. Yes. When I mean, they want a job. They want want to work. They want to be there. Yes. So you can't say that about everybody. So yeah, it's, that's why it's too bad that they are discriminated. Yes. Yes. And
0: they, they have values, um, Source America, their values are integrity, accountability, passion, inclusion, and collaboration. And there was a really cute story on their webpage about a man named Anthony And he had spent 27 years as a chef in the restaurant and dining industry, but he had to do a career pivot because when he was four and a half years old, he had suffered a stroke that had paralyzed his right side of his body. And after the stroke, he learned to walk and speak again, and he had vowed to never give up. And he had a job as a cook, like I said, and it was a very physically demanding job. Mm -hmm. And also because he really only could still use his left side Mm -hmm. when he was a chef.
1: Probably way overusing that left side. And that's what happened.
0: And as he got older, the pain in his left arm grew. And it didn't really note this, but it was probably, like you said, from overcompensating Mm -hmm. for his paralyzed right Mm -hmm. side. And he was actually working as a chef. In the Patrick Air Force Base Cafeteria and an employee from another location, it was called Brevard Achievement Center. So I think it was just another, I think other people could come eat at this Mm, Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And an employee said to him, would you consider working at this call (laughs) center? I think he noticed that he was struggling or they had become friends. It really doesn't say. Mm -hmm. Um, But this guy, as I'll explain further, is really outgoing. Mm -hmm. And so I have a feeling that maybe they had become friends and Mm -hmm. he had mentioned this. And he said, I knew there would be a really steep learning curve because he had just been a cook. And I kind of got the impression he really hadn't worked on computers because mm-hmm. he didn't need to. Well, he didn't have to. Didn't yeah. have to. But he embraced the challenge. He has an effervescent personality. And he really loves helping others. And so he was really perfectly suited for the job in that respect. Right. And he is now a customer service rep. And this opportunity has greatly relieved his pain. It's offered him changes mm. to learn, grow, and maximize his potential. And he actually uses a dictation device to, it uses his voice and types for oh, him. Oh,
1: that's cool. So,
0: you know, you would think maybe like, oh, well, typing is still can be hard right. on your right. body. But, you know, and I would assume even with dictation, he is typing a little bit, but it's still right. not as not much as, as like, strenuous as, yeah.
1: Me typing
0: all day. So he wants those that dismiss those with disabilities to remember his story. People have to give other people a change when they may just want to push them aside and say, you can't do this. How do they know? When anyone thinks I cannot do something, I just tell them, watch me because I am coming through. (laughs) As an employer, you know, if you feel like you have some jobs that Mm -hmm. somebody with a disability can do, check out Source America. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: You have a dream and you have obstacles in front of you, as we all do. None of us ever get through this life without heartache, without turmoil. And if you believe and if you have faith and you can get knocked down and get back up again and you believe in perseverance as a great human quality, you find your way. Diana Nyad. We want to hear from you. Please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life and like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find
0: more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com Follow us on Instagram at Tangential Inspiration Podcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.